Hi everyone and welcome back to the Love Livy Diaries podcast. If you're new here, my name is Olivia and this is the podcast that I started just about a month ago. I started my very own business, Love Livy Cosmetics, in 2020 when I was 13 years old. Today I'm going to be sitting down with my dad, my first ever guest, who has worked for well over the past decade to grow multiple of his own businesses. I want to start by saying I apologize ahead of time if the audio on this podcast episode is not as good as it normally is. I normally use headphones and have the microphone right up to my mouth, but today, since it's going to be me and my dad sitting here, I don't have the proper equipment to be able to have microphones for both of us, so I'm just filming with no microphone. There's a chance it might sound like you're in the room with us just because it's going to be more like not as close up. We're going to be trying to like speak loud so that you can hear us good. I hope that you're able to hear us well, but I just want to put that out there in case you do hear like background noises or it's echoey or anything like that. I do apologize and it will be back to normal next week. Like I've said previously, it's a big goal of mine with this podcast to be able to have guests and interview other business owners, entrepreneurs, just all types of people who inspire me in general. I feel like this podcast has a big potential and that potential would be able to be greater filled by incorporating other people into it. I feel like Obviously, there's a lot of advice that I can give just sitting here on my own. I've done five episodes so far of just me sitting here talking, but I feel like it could be a lot better with other people involved. My dad is someone who I'm obviously very close with. He raised me, and I think you'll be able to very quickly tell that a lot of the ways he thinks about things, especially entrepreneurship-wise, is similar to the way that I think about things. A lot of the advice I've given on this podcast and reference on this podcast is advice that came from him first. He's always sending me little inspirational quotes that I end up repeating on this podcast. Anyways, I'm so excited to have him here today. Before I get started with talking to him, I want to remind you that you can follow this podcast both on Instagram and TikTok at Lovely Diaries. You can follow my business on Instagram at Lovely Cosmetics and then my business on TikTok at Shop Lovely Cosmetics. We hit 10,000 followers on TikTok. The day that I'm recording this, my business hit 10,000 followers on TikTok. You can shop all of our wonderful handmade beauty and skincare products on lovelycosmetics.com. We have a new shimmer lip gloss collection available. That collection includes three different lip glosses, raspberry, cherry, and birthday cake. Again, you can shop on lovelycosmetics.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. Okay, I'm uh, here with my dad now. Do you want to say uh, anything? Good afternoon, uh, host. How are you doing today? Oh, so good. Uh, I was going to comment on your green room accommodations. You really need to up your game a little bit. What does a green room look like? A green room is where you... Uh, no, but what does it look like? They used to be green. They used to be green, but now they're all sorts of colors. But it was where you held your guests at while they were waiting to come on stage, and you had little. You do it in the tent. You had a no. We're not going to do it in the tent. <laughs> Although, good background noise. Oh yes, right? yes. But no, you just had them in there, and they could have a little sip of wine and popcorn or whatever weird thing they wanted to do while they were waiting to come on stage. So, you got bottle of water. Oh yeah, you want a sip? No, never mind. <laughs> Let's get into this. Let's do this. Okay, I just have a random list of questions, and let's go. we're just going to get started. Yep. My first one is, what was your key driving force for becoming an entrepreneur and even beginning to consider as work, for working as your own boss? Um, key or original? You're saying key? Just what made you want to be your own boss? Yeah, uh, as a kid, um, we weren't... We weren't well off. We weren't poor, but we weren't well off. We, and if you wanted some extra money, mom didn't do allowances. Dad did do allowances. My stepdad. Um, so if you wanted some something, like a nice pair of shoes, not like hand-me-down pair of shoes. I was a third boy, so 80% of my clothes were hand-me-down. 
So I wanted something nice. I had to go find a way to get the money. Choices. Steal, sell drugs, or work. Right? I mean, as a kid, that's basically it. Your friends are running around with new converse on you. Like, how'd you get those? And he showed you how you got them. You're like, ah, I can't do that, bro. My mom would kill me, right? So, um, pretty easily to get into figuring out things to do. Mow lawns, shovel snow. I got a paper route when I was seven. Uh, we sold uh, stuff door to door as a kid, hustling candy bars, whatever, for fundraisers for the church, but also just to make money. Uh, Pathfinder organization, uh, it's like Boy Scouts. So that was kind of my, my DNA from the age of like six or seven to the time I got to nine. I started doing some construction, uh, was working in construction during the summer months when I was 13, winter during the school breaks. Winter breaks and all this uh, uh, spring break, I, I went and worked on houses with a couple of construction companies. Dad, my real father, owned a construction company in Michigan uh, and would work with him and some of his friends. So uh, work. So work, wanting to work and make money, figuring that out and then realizing that once you get a job on the clock for somebody else that, wow, this person's stupid and I can do better for myself. That that combination of tension is kind of like what, what created my desire to like want to do my own thing. And as you go along, you get older, you start realizing how many people that are doing well for themselves and their families, their communities, right? Who aren't the brightest people in the world, right? It's not about smarts. Mm -hmm. That's what I first realized. Being an entrepreneur and being a business leader is not about smarts and intelligence necessarily. You have to have some of that. What you really need to have is this desire to serve and desire to uh, want to sort of set your own chart, chart your own course. That desire can propel you a long way. So I think I had that at an early age, um, that desire to want my own, uh, to set my own course. And uh, then you follow that with, like I tell you all the time, knowledge, skills, ability, discipline. You find your super talent and you hone that craft, you build it, you know, um, perfect it and uh, see where that gets you at some point down the road. It creates that luck that people always want to talk about. You get lucky because you have chests full of tools to use at the appropriate time, and so therefore you can say yes to an opportunity. And that's the key to success is to have multiple, multiple opportunities. Create those opportunities for yourself. You will be successful over the long run. Over the past decade, as you've worked to continue growing your companies and come across many challenges, what are some things you've learned about continuing on even on days when you aren't succeeding? I, I think I understand what you're asking me is what do you do when you're, when it's not exciting, right? When it's not sexy, when it's not cute. That's not a day thing. Those last, that lasts sometimes months, for weeks and years. months. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's not a day thing. Um, you have to have the long view. There's only one person really responsible, especially in a startup. There's one individual who has the responsibility, the moral authority to chart the course for the enterprise. It's the person with the original idea. The, and if you have a team of people, there's gotta be one person in that group who has this moral authority. It can't be shared. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have that in myself and then I have to hold myself accountable for it. Um, the one business uh, has other, I have two, two guys with me, but it's not their job to do me. Right, uh, it's my job to do me, and as we move forward and figure things out and kind of clunky and try to figure out the roles and who's doing what at what time, you have different needs in a startup mm -hmm. at different times along your your way. Uh, 
things that people want to do early on to have a certain title, not where they want to be or going to be two years, four years, six years from now. And so that person with that, including including the, the founder, including the person with the original idea, that person that they believe in that idea and entrepreneurship and what service that product or service is going to provide has to have some sense that they may not be with that for the long term. And I think for me, that's how I keep my balance. It's like this idea is in mind. It was given to me by my creator. And therefore, I am the husband of it. I have, I have to ban, I have to build a house and ban that house and build the foundation for this thing to go forward and be profitable because only then can it really serve the people it's supposed to serve, me, my family, my community, mm-hmm. and any of the causes that we have. So I keep my head on and keep my bearing, right, knowing what direction I'm going in because I keep the long view, like even on the bad days. And when you're like, I did something today, I have no clue if that's going to be valuable two years from now. Well, yeah, it is mm-hmm. um, because it was when you're building a house. And I think what helps me is I, I knew, did and understand construction is you don't build a house in one day and you don't build it in one piece. Multiple hundreds of thousands of pieces, millions of parts to the thing that you have to put in in a certain sequence. It's like Ikea on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. So you do that and, and there are good days and bad days. But I keep going because I know what it's going to look like. I have the long view. In other words, that moral authority I talked about. The person who has it has to have some vision and sense of what this is going to look like when it's complete and running. And you keep moving toward that. If you don't have that, you're kind of wishy-washy, little rock of the boat can come along and kind of knock you off your bearing. All of a sudden, it was going to be a company about A, and now it's a company about B. It's okay to pivot. Pivoting is good. Knowing when to pivot is more important than pivoting. Knowing what to pivot to and when it should be. Holding on to something and fighting through is uh, something everybody's not built for. But I, I believe I am. And so I stick with things that I believe in. You got to believe in it. You can't sell somebody on something you can't believe. So. Bouncing off of that, how do you deal with self-doubt if you've had any or have any? No self-doubt. Same thing. No self-doubt. <laughs> or <laughs> doubt from others. Um, self-doubt. Is, is different from doubt from others. Uh, doubt from others, I kind of wash it off unless it's from an individual that I respect or somebody who I consider is a master in a certain area. They have an expertise. They have a domain expertise. Mm-hmm. That person, if I'm close enough to them and they doubt my abilities, that can affect me from the sense of me wanting to improve, uh, not to impress them, but to, uh, but to increase my skill set, knowledge set, my KSA, so that I can be on par with them okay mm-hmm. so go back retool up come back and then you can compete better um, or your confidence is higher whatever um, doubt doubt from and so that's the only doubt from others that matters to me I get doubt from what I call charlatans all the time for and, and that doubt comes from a number of different sources and over time I've learned to understand what it is and recognize it there's a movement in the workplace now since uh, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, so on and so forth, that wants to, that, that, that seems to, it, it appears, it presents itself, this movement presents itself as wanting to reward diversity for the sake of diversity mm-hmm. and not 
reward uh, performance, right? And and so those opinions of others now factor in somewhat more so, uh, if you let it, uh, in, into your evaluations, what people think of you, and, and it's moved across all sorts of lines now. It's not just in the workplace, workplace performance. It's about things you say, how you dress, uh, how you carry yourself, all these other sort of, I call it civic morality, is what it seems to be. And, and this is my personal opinion. It's not documented or researched or anything. It's just my observation. So, so that awareness on my part, I believe, has also helped me sort of be aware of, cognizant of others' opinions of me being high or low. Didn't used to care about stuff like that, right? But uh, as you grow older, um, I, I tell you guys all the time, uh, become more, uh, you know, use, use data and, and intelligence uh, to, to develop knowledge and, intel and, and intelligence and under knowledge and understanding, right, about certain circumstances. You need context in order to do that. So I'm more aware of my context now than I used to be 10 years ago. Um, so does it matter to me? Yes, I'm aware. I'm a, it matters to me from the standpoint that I need to be aware of it. Does it influence me? No, except those one or two exceptions I mentioned to you. My own observations of myself have more weight than anyone else around me, including you know, family members. I just pretty much am very comfortable doing what I want to do um, responsibly, right? And not, not just being willy-nilly. Mm -hmm. so, so again, it goes back to that vision, especially related to business. I know what the vision I have and if I can share it with a person, I will, if they think less of me because they think it's a wild, crazy idea. And I've had friends that I no longer speak to, people I was in the military was very close to. I said something wacky one day, and that, that was it. Mm -hmm. That was the line too far. <laughs> Rod's an idiot, right? And so um, guys I was very close to just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Won't take a phone call, won't return an email. So that hurts a little bit, but... Um, like, yeah, he was one of those guys that I respected, but I realized, okay, this is him. Do I let that affect me? It did for a while, a little bit, uh, but no, you grow and you move on. You can't, you can't save everybody. Everybody can't get in the boat, so to speak, right? Yeah. Boats only got so many seats, so. <coughs> in your eyes, what's the hardest part of being an entrepreneur and running your own businesses? Time. Time. Just not enough of it. Mm-hmm. Time, time to do everything you want to do. You prioritize. You start working on your list. Your priority has multiple components, so you can't get it done. You got four of those that are competing. Some of those things, and then new, and then something new pops up. That's a deadline. It's got a deadline on it. Mm -hmm. Great opportunity, man. Can I do this? Well, yeah, but you need to push something else off and not get to it. So yeah, time, time. Other th everything else can be fixed or worked with money resources, people, partnerships. How do you handle disagreements with your business partners, if any? I don't call them disagreements. Um, well, that's not true. Yeah, so yeah, that's not true. So, so the, the first business thing, the construction business, that is a different circumstances. Mm -hmm. that, 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 those disagreements were hard and fast, like binary, yes, no. Yeah. And those situations, well, I want to go to court over certain things. So if you have to, if you if it's something that's important to you, money, right, or liabilities, you need to be ready to fight for them. Yeah. And and you shouldn't. 
uh, I, I've learned in life that um, being decisive about certain things is very important. And the way that I am able to be decisive is because I spend time ahead, pre-prep, pre, pre right? Mm -hmm. What are the circumstances that this relationship could blow up and where I will walk away? You need to know that before, not after, yeah. and not during. Emotions run high, things get gray. Person said something, but they didn't really mean it. It was offensive. Person took and moved money around. They didn't really mean it. They were confused. Person changed your desires, something that was agreed and dictated what was going to happen. And then you come and find out, no, it didn't happen that way. And you want to know why. And they just say, oh, I just wanted to do it that way. It's okay, right? No, it's not okay. Yeah. Right? So you need to know ahead of time in yourself how you're going to handle a situation like if this is the honeymoon, what's the rest of the marriage going to be like, right? It's just insane. Uh, so when I partner with people like that and you find out that they are going to do their own thing, you you really need to decide what that relationship is worth. And you need to, for me, early on. Early on, is this worth it, right? Uh, this is business. What can I get out of this? Is this, you know, what can they get out of it? Can we, we have these personality issues bumping into them. Can we deal with it? Can we, you know? figure this out, is this person approachable? I've always found that I really have good-hearted person of uh, high, uh, high high character, moral character, uh, than a than the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. I can get along with you, talk to you, your spirit's good, your energy's positive, you're learning, I'm learning from you, you're sharing, we're approachable, right? We can work through problems because you're, we're both smart. I figure I'm halfway decent and you're smarter than me, right? I always try to surround myself with smarter folk, people. But but that allows you to, you know, now we got two brains working on this, four brains working on this. It's not just me and you in corners where our ego's up in the air, not getting things solved, not getting things done. Mm -hmm. So, I think, I mean, myself mostly. I care more about what I, my opinion of myself or others. Yeah. And, and then as far as like you know, getting along with people, not really arguments, you avoid them as much as possible when things get tense i've always found it better to not escalate and to leave that person with an out mm. a discussion is like combat in some ways politics is definitely combat by nonviolent means right so if you're in a situation where there's politics involved and politics can be at any level you're trying to do business with a person but your business partner knows that individual from another relationship if that relationship was intimate, you could never be as close to that person you're trying to do business with as your business partner with. So you're kind of undermined a little bit there. And they know things that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if they share them, that's fine. But if they don't share them, right? If they don't tell you, hey, this person does things a certain way, blah, blah, blah. Which would help you out, right? It would help you. With, I had a guy who did that once. He went behind my back and talked to the person. And I looked up three months later. He was working at that company that I was trying to do business with. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that all about? Like, you know, yeah. clearly he was into, not into us as much as, as uh, I thought he was. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't escalate. Leave yourself an out. Maintain your professionalism. What do you think your biggest learning experience in running a business has been? Learning experience? I've learned to, uh, I wrote this to somebody the other day. Maybe I wrote to you. I did something. Um. Always verify all information at all times. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing I learned in business. 
right? People mm-hmm. are giving you information. You trust but verify. Mm-hmm. No matter who it is. And that takes time. You have to trust but verify. You have to say, yeah, I get it, I understand. The numbers are this, blah, blah, blah. And then some of that trusting process is not you going off by yourself in a closet and trying to see what they did, but just, hey, sit down and explain it to me. And if that makes sense to you and you hear that, again, we're working through things together because we're equals. It's not ego in a way. And I'm not questioning you or quizzing you. I'm saying, explain it to me. So I'm learning from them this particular situation and I'm validating what they're saying basically. So I get to ask some dumb questions and I tell them, hey, this might be a dumb question, but what do you think about blah, 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 and bounce these ideas. And you get to a conclusion that that person works with you through that and has the capacity to, 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 to follow you and get you on board with where they are, that relationship's got some potential. So I've learned over time to find, look for that, right? If I'm working with somebody, in my own business or any business, find a person who has the capacity to <clears throat> teach, coach, right? Because we learn from everybody, not just our superiors, but we learn from our subordinates as well. Everybody has something to contribute. That mindset that I have allows me to say, and, and I've had that all my life. Uh, my mother preached it to me. But um, always be learning. Just always be learning. Um, you can learn from good circumstances and bad. You learn from failure. You learn from success as well. Though. Is there any popular entrepreneurial advice that you strongly agree or disagree with and why? Popular? Like something that's very commonly repeated. I've heard this thing lately where people are saying they're comfortable with failing. I didn't like the word comfortable. Uh, fail, fail fast, learn, and move on. And I'm thinking... I understand the sentiment of it. Yeah. But I hate failure. Yeah. Like I want to I want to hear somebody say, "Yeah, if we if it goes bad, we're, we're you know, we're going to be okay. We're going to be But I really want somebody to be in there like, "Damn, let's bust our asses up front and do all the homework we need to so that we don't fail." Mm-hmm. Right? Like don't be so casual with it. Don't be and I, I hear that more like when I went to clean tech and uh, grad school, you know, different competitions, things, and, and people are spouses of that, and I'm like, okay, I think I understand the sentiment, but like, I don't hear anybody standing up saying no. Yeah. No, we will not fail. We will uh, not go to happy hour at five o'clock. You know, we're gonna stay in there till eight or nine tonight and bust this out. We will talk to each other. We will respond to emails and ask, what did you really mean? And get the clear meaning of something before we just assume and move on. And then that wind up being a failure. Because it's kind of like, it's, I don't know. That one, that one to me kind of rides me sometimes when I, when I hear it. When I hear it, I think the person that know what they're saying, it just, it just rolls off the tongue too easily. Like, you should be upset. You should be pissed off. I, I put it this way. If it was their money <laughs> that other people were saying that about, yeah. they would not say that. Mm-hmm. If, if it well if it was inheritance it good. but if you had to work and earn that million dollars that you just gave over to some guy for a great idea some lady girl whatever for a great idea and they were like hey we're going to fail early fail fast and we're going to figure this out no that you don't want to hear that yeah. you want to hear them say no we're, we're going balls to the walls on this we're going to make this work <laughs> no matter what dog we're going to you know is there anything you super strongly agree with there's too many I think uh, I think a lot of things are contextual as far as agreement when it comes to business. There are some more moral issues that are not uh, that are not uh, you know 
what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're not negotiable. Um, I agree with a lot of things, but a lot of things have exceptions. Like there's like certain things you should always do, except when, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, politeness, uh, uh, be, being cordial, having a servant mindset. Um, those are all, uh, servant, servant leadership is a concept. Uh, be, being a stoic um, are, are some sort of fundamental philosophies that I have about being an entrepreneur and, and service to the community. It all comes back to like, if you're, you know, like I always tell you, tell you, you girls all the time, it's like, try to find a, try to find a thing or an it bigger than yourself that you can pour yourself into and you'll never be bored a day in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can wind up making money with that thing, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're good enough at it, that you enjoy it, that's even better. But then if you're good, become good enough to make money at it, you work that craft and you become expert at it and people want to pay you for it. And then you can make a living doing that. That's the trifecta, right? You found the thing, you found it and you're good at it. And now you can make money too. Wow. You never work a day. It's not work at that point. It's not labor. You're, you're So now you get to massive hierarchy, right? You're at the top of that thing. Now all your needs are satisfied and you start to look around for others to help. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about going out, I'm going to give you 50 grand, give me that donation. Also the, the prosperity provides the opportunity for you to, to serve your community mostly. Right. So you perfect the thing around you and make it better. I think if more entrepreneurs had that mindset other than, you know, we're going public and we're going to cash out. Um, it's about service to community, right? What else are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. It's the reason why, I mean, it's a stretch. It's not part of the answer to your question here, but I, I went to a private school and now I kind of don't see the real purpose of that unless you want to live separate lives your whole life mm-hmm. from your community. If you're in that community and, you know, like, you got to live here. So pour your effort into the public school system if possible and it's got its problems it's got numerous problems mm-hmm. um, deficits but um, you know you, your kids getting a great education and they got to live next door to some people who don't have a great education nobody gets off the planet yeah you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so work to perfect what you have here and expand your community I grew up in a very religious kind of enclave community um where we were actually able to drive by different neighborhoods and never, never really, only when we went in there to preach gospel to them were we ever concerned about those communities. That's my perception mm-hmm. uh, because that's my reality, my, what I remember. We went there twice a year. I remember some places we went twice a year. So it's about service, right? And so if your life is about service, then the business and the entrepreneurship becomes one part of it. You don't become part of your business. Your business should become part of your life. It's one of the things you do. Mm-hmm. Family, community, your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, all of the social health, right? All of that to come, your financial health, your business. Mm-hmm. So all of those things become a facet of you, a part of you. It's not, it's what you do. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. I keep that in mind. It keeps me grounded. And... Um, keeps me keeps me it ties back to an earlier question you asked me about what keeps you motivated when you're going it's like being a stoic about the situation having a long view right a universal view about your purpose on this planet and call to service 
I know you probably kind of already answered this question with talking about like having your long view, but how do you avoid burnout as someone who has worked over the past decade and counting towards your goals and are continuing to work? You gotta have multiple things. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know about everybody else, but uh, I have always seven or eight things going on. Or like 12. Okay. <laughs> Seven or eight real things, and the other five, I kind of get picked up and dropped off as the amusement suits me. But, um, but yeah, that's been my um, sort of been the bane of my life is always just mine racing all the time, and um, I don't think I ever suffered from like ADHD or anything like that. I was a normal boy, I think, kid in school, you know, talking too much, wouldn't stay in seat, getting in trouble, whatever, not doing homework, but. Um, no, I just, I just, uh, I don't know, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's what it is. What's your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? Favorite? Mm-hmm. Uh, possibilities. Mm-hmm. Just exploring and creating, not creating, exploring and innovating and discovering, um, options to solutions right so I kind of function from a standpoint of and I tell you guys this and I realize how ridiculous it is when I say it everything you do you need to have a backup and then a backup and then a backup to the backup you know and all that crap and and but I kind of really function that way um like especially you know you want to work engagements but I try not to ask questions I don't know the answer to if I truly don't know the answer to I tell them I'm lost on this one please explain this to me right but but keeping those different wheels turning all the time, kind of like, and, I, and a couple times I've gotten tight juggling projects, deadlines, multiple different things, and, and keeping a day job. And that gets stressful sometimes, but mm-hmm. especially when you're not making headway on one of those things. It's like something's just locked up, there's a barrier, you can't figure it out, and... I, I either step away from it for a while. If, if it's me, something I'm doing, no consequences, I just step away from it. And, you know, come back to it, and whatever was there, I see it in a new light, or can move past it, or realize, okay, that wasn't supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. I, I got into a corner on decisions, and there was no decision to, you know, so you got to back out and go back up that decision tree and figure out, okay, maybe I should have chose that way. What does that path look like, you know? Um, but... But for the most part, um, just uh, just just keep keep options build build the options that you want to have, and keep them alive. Mm-hmm. So so and, and this is I for me this is very good for mental health. Some people say it's stressful and it's manic. I say no. For me, the opposite is true. If I had one thing, and, and not to bring up COVID, but like there was a lot of kids that had problems uh, with COVID, uh, and we had an increase in suicide, and I know this, this is a subject that's, that's important to you as well, um, that the child had one thing that they were living for, right? And a lot of kids, like, the only reason they were going to school was gym. The only reason they were going to school was to be on the football team. That was the thing that they focused on and kept them going. They hated, could care less about English, Spanish, and all this other stuff. Right? That was the thing. Mm-hmm. And then that just got yanked. It just got taken away. Yeah. With real no explanation because clearly we can go outside and play outside on a football field. If we can go shop at Home Depot and Walmart, we can go over there and do this too, right? Mm-hmm. But the world lost its mind. 
So now all of a sudden that kid has zero. Like, man. So I've tried to avoid it. Like, no, I know what you're doing there. Okay, if that goes to zero, I got two or three other things. I'm still tap dancing on over here. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving because I've had things go to zero in my life. You know, you yeah. find yourself out of work, zero money, you know, a brand new baby. You can't, you, you, you know, it just, it just, I've learned to always create options for myself. And so um, part of that is living with other stuff. I, I doubt that I will ever, like, I, I asked this question. Here's a good exercise. Ask yourself, ask yourself um, if you had, you know, it used to be a million dollars when a million dollars was something. But ask yourself if you had a hundred million, fifty million dollars today, what would you do with your time? And if the answer is, like my answer is, is I'll be out trying to figure out a new business to do, something on the side, uh-huh. then okay. that's what you Double should be it. doing. Yeah. Yeah. But if you say, oh, I'm just going to sleep in and go to Dairy Queen every day, man. I'm have a barbecue party. Woo! Okay, then you're not in love with this thing right now. You're just doing it as a means to an end. Which I guess is, you know, okay, that's your justification. That's your reason. That's mm-hmm. your purpose. That's your why. Okay, good. Own that. And understand when other people doubt you about your sincerity to your cause and your purpose, that's what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. They're seeing this non, you know, sincerity flow from you occasionally. Mm-hmm. And then people start to feel used, right? Quote of a famous blogger we know, uh, people don't lose, leave bad jobs, they leave bad bosses, mm-hmm. right? So you, be, you start to slide into that area of being a bad boss as an entrepreneur if you're not sincere. You lose your moral authority to lead people, not management. We're talking about leadership. And uh, so yeah, that, that's, uh, I keep things going. You gotta keep that, that's just me. Keep things going, multiple things. But then my mind's always, I, I like to think I'm an inventor, but I think I'm a business guy who invents stuff, which is fun by me. Do you have a least favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? <sighs> It's lonely. Mm-hmm. I think that's by choice, though. But no, it's 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 sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes you want, I guess the ego part of it is you want somebody to be there cheering you on and cheering with you, mm-hmm. and that's just not. Uh, that's not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, entrepreneurs uh, have to be willing to walk. Right, that walk alone. <clears throat> if you can walk that walk alone. You have a discipline, a fortitude to stand in the crucible and, and take the heat of personal disappointment, failure, uh, not getting something right, trying to push forward on a nickel and a dime, you know, flipping credit cards and, and working two jobs to pay for this other thing you're trying to do. If you can figure out a way to do that, then um, and, and that's, a, that's a hard road. Everybody's not built for that. Mm-hmm. You can become built for it if you're willing to torture yourself enough. Your first, and so here's the problem, right? Problem with success, right? Is you have success early on when you're young, and then you really never learn how to fight. Yeah. So you don't have those skills, those KSAs, when a real tornado comes along, or a real challenge comes along, knock you on your butt. Wow, what happened? You weren't prepared. So, uh, it's, it's lonely, the loneliness of it, not being able to share things with people. You tell people certain things, they don't get it because they're not in it with you. You know what I mean? Like, 
It's like telling somebody you went on a nature walk up some mountain. You had this beautiful, and then I caught the sunset. No, no. If that person's never experienced a great sunset for themselves, they kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. You enjoyed the walk. You're like, no, no, no. It was a spiritual experience. It was, you know, very emotional experience for you. You can't share that with anybody. You have to be there with you side by side. Yeah. So. And even then sometimes. Even then. You're still alone in it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, there you go. You know. You're in a room with a bunch of people, but you're there by yourself. Because none of them are walking what you're walking. And your mind's racing. Even if you're there at a little... It just happened to me a lot. Go to a little happy hour thing after work. And my mind is on the other side of the planet. Not that I don't want to be there. It's just like I'm dealing yeah. with... I'm trying to fix something in my head. I'm trying to understand what did I do. You know, I don't go back. I'm going to redo that CAD drawing tonight. I want to rip that design apart and redo it. And I stay up till 3, 4 in the morning. Right? That's happened. If that's happened once, it's happened a hundred times. A thousand times. So, anyways... Um, yeah, it, the, the loneliness of it. Not that I'm alone, but the ability to share the emotional, mental journey of the challenges you're facing. The highs are much higher than normal life. Mm-hmm. So anybody who wants to start a business, like, be prepared. The highs, are, this, is, this is a double E-ticket ride as you're getting on here. The highs are much higher, the lows are much lower. Mm-hmm. You, there's nothing that can prepare you for loss, disappointment, anguish, right? Or, or or the sensation, the high of closing a sale, of calling somebody and they say, yes, this is lovely. Can you come talk to us about this? That point where somebody believes in you and believes in what you, the product you're bringing to market and goes, or like you've experienced, somebody writes you a letter and tells you the impact you had on their life. Yeah. That is priceless and, and you can live off of that I can live with that and live with that for a week yeah <laughs> you know a week and a half uh, so so yeah the loneliness of it the isolation of it um, that's the downside of it uh, for me other people have their own challenges um, but I think it's also because of how I chose to do what I, I like to work on things by myself mostly early on as I'm inventing um, you can't really share that with anybody because they're wacky ideas so like the most thing I'm working on right now until I until I won that award there's like five people that I know that all of a sudden they're just like yes let's go yeah. that was their milestone that was what they needed mm-hmm. they probably still don't even know if the thing worked but they somebody else validated it for them so now yeah. they can go alright I understand that mm-hmm. but man what did I have to go through to get here to mm-hmm. show you that I've been telling you about this for four years and it kind of yeah, yeah so yeah the isolation of it to close out the episode I had wanted to read this text that you sent me the other day you had said, evolution and progress means continually practicing and working on improving one's individual talents and skills and abilities, and also being accountable to oneself for meaningful progress. Had you written this yourself? I said that to you? Yes. That sounds nice. <laughs> sounds like a smart, wise... You typed that yourself, though. That sounds like a, a master... I, I, I had read something someplace. I don't know. I get, I get so between either something I read. Probably your LinkedIn business, videos. LinkedIn or business or CNN. Either LinkedIn, Fox, CNN, CNBC. Something Bloomberg. Maybe Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Somebody said something. And I was like, yeah, but no. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that was like, yeah, just... I, I, I'm a firm believer if people just worked on themselves more, mm-hmm. 
instead of happy to run around and tell other people what to do and how to do it, how to talk, what to say, because I'm going to be offended or you're offending somebody else. Just work on yourself. If everybody did that, the world would be a better place. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm probably wrong. I could be wrong. You know, yeah, you do need to work on other people sometimes because there's some real credence out there, you know, but mm-hmm. real, real predators. But, like, perfect yourself. It was, it, it, it kind of goes in line with uh, that, that speech by uh, the Indian general Tecumseh, where he talks about, you know, in his death, and he's celebrating and, and perfecting his life, perfecting your life. Work on perfecting your life. You know, have a good life and perfect it. Um, and that just doesn't happen willy-nilly. It's intentional. It's not by accident. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. Your business, success, and, and fa- well, I want failure too, but the, the, the success of it is definitely intentional. Failure may be accidental, but success, I've never heard of seeing anybody just like got lucked out. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you still have to exercise a huge amount of discipline to continue to hold the line and stay in that zone of performance over multiple years. It doesn't happen by accident. That's not a weak person doing that. So I think what I was saying to you is I send these little words of encouragement to you on certain days and things I'm thinking of is, is to understand the difference between, you know, process and progress. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get confused or deceived by people selling you on process and, and know the difference between the two. And and learn how to judge her. People that are selling you process, okay. I want to know what you're going to do, what you're going to perform, what what's going to get done here, right? What are you suggesting or recommending that we do, not how we do it? Is it going to be better? And you know, we'll write this here and log this here, and we take notes on this and keep track of that. And then like, what do we just do? Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that you need, especially complex projects. You need to stay organized, but general in life, I believe. And I guess this is a summary statement, is that life becomes sustainable when it becomes simple. Mm-hmm. Successful life, right? You're not trying to do 15 things that are running in 18 different directions. You can do 12 things that all move in the same direction. They're on the same category. If you're working in cosmetics, you can do five things in cosmetics, right? Because mm-hmm. it kind of works. They spin off each other. They move. Yeah. That category. You become a domain expert because of that's what you're doing. You're trying to do five things and they're going in seven different categories? Wow. Like, you know, who wants to do that? Who, how, who can do that? Mm-hmm. So focus, perfect it, and build on that. As you perfect it, you wind up making things simpler because that's the only way you can sustain it. Right? And mm-hmm. so it becomes simpler over time to be successful. And then you have this product that just blows up all of a sudden but it didn't really blow up it took time to get there mm-hmm. everybody else finally discovered it and discovered it because it was simple enough to fit into their existing lifestyle it wasn't an extra tax right it didn't burden them it slid right in right there where it was supposed to and served this need for them and they didn't have to change their life to accommodate purchasing this from you mm-hmm. that little niche global niche right slipped right there so no that, I think that's what I was at a high level kind of say just perfect your knowledge skills and ability always be learning those are the same thing always be learning you and i have been talking about the other day too of we have like 
30 days of no progress, but continue to work towards something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the last five, it starts working out, and then the cycle starts over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're experiencing this, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, for me, in a way of joy to see you... Uh, you said something to me not long ago, and I was like, yeah, she's, she's, you're in it right now, going through it. Um, it winds up so, like, and I've always tried to avoid having a business that you had to serve. You know what I'm trying to say? Where, like, mm-hmm. once you get it going, it's like, now you got to catch up with it. And this one, and customers are showing up or calling you, and you can't keep up with the demand of it. Yeah. A lot of people say that's a good problem to have, and I go. Best and the worst. Best and the worst. But that's a that's a that's the dream, and you get yeah. there, and you're but that's like, a situation. Oh, but that's a situation where you created it, and now you need to manage it, right? Yeah. And it's happening because there was that's the evidence that somewhere along the line there was some planning that either didn't happen or you couldn't afford the solution to accommodate that rush. You didn't see it coming. Well, you saw it coming. You built it up. You're you didn't have the bandwidth, resources, or whatever to you know hire some help. Uh, get a different storefront, uh, do a different marketing timing, whatever it is, right? That that product just like smashed. We didn't see it coming, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, um, it, it it comes in cycles, it comes in waves, and it's not a time specific thing. It just ebbs and flows. Uh, moving with it, it's like swimming in the ocean. I used to tell you, when you swimming in the ocean in the navy, it's like you can't fight the currents. Yeah, you will exhaust yourself Push and drown. So, so business is like that, right? You, you, you come prepared, you got your gear on, you're ready to go. And then the economy, uh, seasonality, uh, something happening in the world, some event local or global can impact and change what's going on with you. Um, and, and being able to respond to it and go with it, right? Uh, be, being prepared to absorb that rush or that drain or whatever it is. Uh, allows you to to survive uh, and fight another day. Um, preparation. So yeah, that's that's it. It ebbs and flows, ups and downs. You're not getting stuff done every day. You get nothing done for five, six weeks, and then all of a sudden, bam! And you got to be there to respond to it the right way. Right? You got to be present. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for coming on. You're the first guest. Are you so excited? I am. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I am. Kind of feels okay. Like we kind of feels like we were just talking to each other. Um, it's good. I Do like you listen to podcasts? I have not yet. No, not mine. Any podcast. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I I want to so bad. Because <laughs> everybody talking about different podcasts they listen to, and like yeah. there's certain certain guys I listen to one time. Like, oh man, I gotta listen to this guy. And then I, I, I got them on the phone, I, you know, uh, SoundCloud and a couple other ones, uh, podcast, you know, we go in there and search and got them linked up and heart, heart them or like them or whatever. So now yeah. never listen to Steve Harvey. I would love to listen to Steve Harvey because he's so funny and good, you know, like good yeah. storyteller, great storyteller. I just never have time. It's like, man. But yeah, I would love to listen to be like a podcast listener. Gary Vee does like a 60 minute episode every three every, days. Every, Yes. Yes, I know. Again, I would, I would love to. I just, you know, Gary Vee, my man. It's like, <laughs> so your man, Gary. But yeah, uh, maybe we need to change something up so I can get into podcasts. Maybe I'll, I'll start doing an hour every, twice a week, 
where I sit down with a beer and listen to a podcast for an hour. <laughs> Sitting there drinking and listening to Well, there's got to be something you do. Because if I just sit there <laughs> with nothing going on, my mind will go. Yeah, you can't sit there. You and then, at, so what, what happens, what happens is, 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 is at some point, I'll recognize that I'm not listening to this guy anymore. <laughs> Ten minutes are going by. <laughs> to go back Ten minutes. minutes. I gotta, gotta rewind. This happened with TV. You see me? That's why. I, this, this is why I record stuff. I can't watch nothing live. You can't watch anything. I miss. I miss shit. So if I record it now, I can just say, oh, you know, my brain faded off. There was something on the going. Rewind it five minutes, and I can catch it again. I listen to them like putting away laundry. People do it when they like go to work, but you don't. I can't do it. You while don't I drive. go to work. So yeah, I don't go to work. Uh, on the way to work. No, I used to on the way to work, but I would I did some podcasts. I listened to music and yeah. I listened to radio. You gotta stay awake. News and stuff like that. But no, I I, I wish I would. I wish I could. I, I should try to do it more. There's some really good podcasts out there. People always tell me about mm-hmm. like you should listen to this guy. Business, entertainment, race, veteran podcast. There's a bunch of it that's it's really taking over. It's good. You it's know, a new it's, thing. Like I've all the influencers right. Yeah, but like really, it's like I was saying earlier it's just a new version of what was already there before yeah. right so it used to be radio shows YouTube is falling off and podcasts it used to be, used to be radio shows and you had to know somebody in the radio business or really be great yeah. personality to get you a radio show because mm-hmm. there's only so many spots the internet said <laughs> now you just everybody can have one everybody can have one Yeah. and now you got everybody's got one it's podcasts on the weirdest things because it's global with 8 billion people you can find you can find 10,000 who will listen to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, yeah, put it out there and say what you got to say. It's, it makes sense. So, no, I like, I like, uh, I thought, I didn't know, I thought you'd already had some other people on. Uh, I was telling Mike, I was just going to talk to him about another idea we got. This is a good, oh my goodness. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and so I says, uh, um, I, I gotta go, uh, talk to you in your podcast and he says she got a podcast oh my god tell her i want to invest in her <laughs> so, I was like, so yeah tell her uncle mike wants to invest in her i was like okay but um but yeah just uh different ideas uh, and i think that he he's he's one of those people that like that he and i bounce ideas off each other the whole time i've known him i've known him almost 20 time. almost 20 years mm-hmm. i don't no, if I well, I've known some guys that are still in the Navy and other people that I know longer, but like high level of daily activity on an ongoing basis. There's only a few guys that are like that. Mm-hmm. That uh, we've had had uh, different issues and we stay together over time. So good friend. You gotta have people like that around you. People who call you on your shit, but also respect you. Yeah. And also uh, fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Gotta laugh. Got to have that in the relationship. Can't have relationships that are just serious all the time. So, anyways, are we done? Yes, sir. You say bye to the people. Mom's gonna have a. Who will say bye? Who will say the people? Go- let's goodbye, see. everyone. <laughs> what do I say? Well, I don't know. You wanna do the outro? I gotta do what? What's your outro? My outro. He's in industry terms on me now. Drop That's it. what it's called. Outro. Outro. What am I supposed to say now? I'm supposed to say, uh, be good, everybody. Have a safe day. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening. I'll don't see put, you next tents, time. Don't put up tents in your front yard. Oh yeah. Or, or before a rainy storm. That was that's a good one. Good advice. That could be a whole other episode. Life that's advice. Whole, learning from your we mistakes. We should start a blog about that. The tent. The tent. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's going to be lame. It's as lame as it sounds. Oh, so. my gosh. Okay. Thank you All for right. listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.